Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Tuesday, March 14th, 2023. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the latest on SVB and what Washington Republicans are now saying. Number two, what House Financial Services Chair Patrick McHenry thinks about the bank failures. And number three, what's happening in the Senate. All right, Jake, let's get into it. Uh, Republicans have been pretty quiet when it comes to their response on the Biden administration and the efforts that it has undertaken after the bank failures of SVB and Signature Bank. But we have the latest on how they are starting to frame the political arguments about, you know, what they see going forward. Yes. So um, they have been quiet. We actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. We haven't heard from Kevin McCarthy. Now, some people argue um, that the speaker doesn't need to weigh in on this. This is a regulatory issue. But guess what? The regulatory. He's also a California Republican. He is a California Republican. And undoubtedly, some of his donor base and perhaps some of his... um, constituency is affected by this and if they're not directly of course a lot of people are indirectly um expect uh, uh uh affected by this and remember like bank stocks like first republic um took a a beating yesterday first republic also uh, uh based in california and and as you and i have written about for a decade uh it's no longer the case but mccarthy was silicon valley's favorite republican not the bank but the region <laughs> so uh, um the um the uh uh mccarthy republicans are in the middle of this for a lot of reasons not least because they in 2018 loosened some of these regulations on banks so um we uh the House Republican Conference, led by McCarthy, uh, held a private call last night. Uh, we live tweeted it, um, uh, which was um, uh, to the chagrin of some Republicans in the call, we were told afterwards. Um, and the conversation goes a little bit something like this from Republicans. Democrats are responsible for the collapse of this bank because their historic spending, which happened in the last Congress, uh, created inflation. And that led to interest hikes, interest rate hikes, and the bank, the banks weren't ready for that. Now, oversimplification, Anna, way oversimplified because basically Silicon Valley Bank, as we understand it now, um, was investing in long-term treasuries and um, uh, didn't kind of, not kind of, but didn't hedge their interest rate exposure. Now we are not a banking publication. We are, but we are a policy uh, uh, publication. And um, McCarthy blamed these policies, the Biden policies, um, pretty directly. And uh, we'll talk about Patrick McHenry in a minute. But he said that S- uh, Silicon Valley Bank's collapse was current social media meets the bank rush scene in "It's a Wonderful Life." He also said the bank grew too quickly, and the it made risky investments. Now, th- this will be the subject of a lot of uh, uh, a lot of discussion over the next you know couple months and. We got a preview of some of the, those things that the, the House Financial Services Committee will look into. Um, but uh, can I just say though, I just think it's interesting, right? Like I think, I when think you it's all look at this. It is, uh, I mean, in the sense that 
we're starting to hear their talking points, which I think were a little slow. You know, we, we they kind of didn't come out right out of the gate. But it's not as if this looks as though Republicans and Democrats are going to come together for some kind of a regulatory no, overhaul. They're not. Right. No. I mean, Maxine Waters in a kind of highlighting the difference here. Um she went on CNBC yesterday for like 20 minutes or 12 or 15 minutes and just riffed in a kind of a very not riffed. I don't mean to 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 um, uh, underplay what she said. She talked in detail about policy things that she would like to that she would like to enact, including hiking the FDIC's the FDIC's insured deposit limit. This is statutory. Let's be clear. A lot of people, there's a ton of misinformation out there, and a lot of it because people are just kind of teeing off on Twitter without knowing anything. But the insured deposit rate, Anna, is $250,000, as everybody is beginning to know right now. That means that your assets in a bank are secure up to $250,000. After that, you're not on your own, but after that, it's a bit more risky of a of a proposition. Um, Maxine Waters says, "Let's hike that. Let's go to let's ensure all deposits." Um, that is the fight that she, or the that is the policy prescription that she is proposing. That would be a statute that would require a law change, uh, and I don't think Republicans at this moment are on board with that. Yeah, no, I just think it's a, it's a, you, what we're right, really starting to see is this, the divisions here, right, of where Democrats are. Certainly, they've kind of laid out a bunch of different ideas. There's certainly going to be hearings. Um, but right now, you just have Republicans kind of the, the two things being the government intervention is not good. And then the kind of the concept of the Biden administration's inflation. And, and this is what that policy uh, and, his, and his bad policies have, have wrought, right? And so the interesting thing, I think, is going to be looking, you know, is there any points where you have Republicans and Democrats saying there needs to be a, a, a change? And so far, with only two banks, and, and, you know, two big banks failing, um, but but it hasn't as, as if it, we've seen a bunch of other banks fail. Um, whether or not that ends up changing will be something certainly to watch closely. And I just to add one more thing on that, Anna, um, two more things. You, you and I have covered Congress long enough to know that Republicans are not of the crisis happens, let's legislate thing. That's just not that's just not who they are. And um, on this call last night, French Hill, uh, Republican of Arkansas and Andy Barr, Republican of Kentucky, two very big figures in the House Republican Conference when it comes to financial services policy, both to different degrees uh, blame the San Francisco Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve, the regional Federal Reserves are supposed to keep an eye on the banks and, and what they're up to. And that is the talking point right now is that this was a management failure on behalf of the executives at Silicon Valley Bank who were investing in risky, you know, were, were not taking risk management into account to the extent that they should be. And it was a, a failure of the regulatory supervisors in that regional Fed. So, um, you know, they didn't go on the woke bank angle, which is, I mean, of all the stupid things I've heard in Congress, one of the dumbest, but they are, um, they did say that the regulate, the regulatory bodies, the regulators were not regulating. They were asleep at the wheel. <laughs> they were asleep at the wheel is what they're basically saying. Yes, basically. All right. Let's go to the number two story of the morning. Uh, we caught up with House Financial Services Committee Chairman Patrick McHenry, the Republican from North Carolina last night. 
Uh, after he briefed Republicans on the collapse of SVB and Signature Bank and some interesting things, uh, you know, kind of that came out of that conversation. Uh, one, to your point, what we just talked about, uh, the idea that uh, McHenry, along with a lot of other Republicans, seem uninterested at this point in a discussion about expanding the FDIC's deposit insurance. Um, you know, what else were your kind of one or two strong takeaways from the conversation, Jake? My number one strong takeaway is that I talked to him too late at night. Um, and that was my personal takeaway. But the other takeaways that, uh, that I took away from the conversation is he's not interested in raising the FDIC insured limit. Uh, he said, I've been in wide communication with all the appropriate heads of the agencies and regulators and cabinet secretaries. And this has not once come up, um, that is interesting to me. Now, does that mean that the Biden administration does not support raising the FDIC insured limit? No, it doesn't mean that necessarily. It means that that's not what they're focused on right now. Um, but they are foc- But but they did not bring this up in conversation. Interesting, perhaps. I find it at least a little bit interesting. Um, but that is the number one. Number two thing is he is generally supportive of what the Biden administration did here. He said, you know, Congress created these agencies and these agencies, meaning the FDIC and the Federal Reserve. And our expectation is that in moments of stress, they use powers accordingly. Now, what he did say is we have reporting requirements, meaning they got to cough up documents and talk to the committee about why they did what they did in that moment. And he said, we'll get those documents as provided for under law and we'll be able to ascertain the nature of their decision making. At this point, they use their powers appropriately. This is McHenry. The powers that are of essence to what the central bank does and what the FDIC does, they are acting accordingly to historical norms. Now that's, you know, generally, that's like a wait and see vibe here, right, Anna? It's like, yeah, these banks were screwed up at the moment, and and we were told they were screwed up, and the Fed and the FDIC did what they should do, which is helped ease them out of the, the public sphere and protected depositors. Um, but, like, let's check out what's under the hood pretty soon. Um, right, Anna? What's your vibe on that? Listen, I think McHenry, he's got a tough task because certainly they they don't want to cause any more panic in the marketplace, right? And I think McHenry has, uh, particularly among his Republican, House Republican colleagues, has been kind of that sober voice, not just on this, but on a lot of issues. And so, um, I, you know, I think this is this is leadership in, in so much as saying, all right, they're going to do what they're going to do. We will, again, of course, ask questions. We will investigate, make sure that it was handled appropriately. But he, you know, he doesn't want this. No one, none of these lawmakers want any other banks to fail. And so, you know, I think that they're kind of do having to hold that dual role there, um, you know, even in the sense that saying like he hasn't even made a decision on, on when he's going to hold the first bank hearing on this. Um, you know, I, I obviously I, I would expect that to happen. But um, the fact that they're not trying to rush to some kind of like, all right, let I, they want to stem kind of the crisis scenario and then move forward. Yeah. Um, and he said he said in a preview of what the hearings will look like. You're right. He said he said they have not come to a decision on when these hearings will be, but he said you have the decisions of the institution and the decisions of the supervisors. Um, two separate questions. One is a management failure and the other is a supervisory failure, and we're going to look into these things. Um, now, what does that mean? Um, that means they're going to look into the bank's 
how the bank made decisions. They're going to definitely, Anna, try to haul in some of these former S uh, Silicon Valley Bank, not Signature Valley Bank, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank officials and say, what were you up to and why were you up to this? And I imagine you got to be you got to bet your bottom dollar, Anna, that they are going to look they are going to have the Fed the local Fed officials, the FDIC, the uh, OCC, uh, which is all of these regulatory bodies are responsible for um, uh, overseeing banks. Interestingly enough, KPMG, the the company, the um, uh, the you know management audit company, gave both gave uh, Silicon Valley Valley Bank a clean bill of health recently. So they have a. This is going to be, Anna, I, I, I am just telling you, this is going to be a major, major, major thing for House Republicans in the coming months. It's just you, you could you could bet that it's going to be just based on what we've seen so far. And we're not sure the story's over yet. All right, let's go to the number three story of the morning quickly. Uh, the Senate is in town from Tuesday to Thursday this week. It is going to be a busy one. Uh, we were broke the news yesterday. That the House situation surrounding Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell will continue to be a big discussion uh, as he leaves the hospital and goes into rehab for a, an expected one to two weeks after it was uh, after it was found out that he had a minor rib fracture. Um, but that's not going to stop some of the action in the Senate. Senators are expected to hold the initial procedural vote on former L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti's nomination to be U.S. ambassador to India, as well as on legislation repealing the Iraq war authorizations. Yeah, uh, they are ready at this point to um, to send. Uh, it seems like they're ready to send Eric Garcetti to to India and the AUMF repeal should Passed this week. I mean, there might be attendance problems, as we point out. Um, McConnell could be out for a couple of weeks, Anna. That's what they say. Um, could be out for a couple of weeks in rehab. He, again, had a concussion, has a minor rib fracture. Um, they weren't entirely clear what the rehab is for, um, but they said he's out of the hospital in rehab um, and could be a week or two before he's out of that uh, that scenario. So, uh, interesting story that we'll keep following. Absolutely. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Just wanted to flag that uh, you can check out the leaders. We've got our third installment of this special editorial project that Punchbowl News has been uh, undertaking over the past month. Uh, this time we are ha- we are looking at Ohio Representative Amelia Sykes. She is the Democrat from Northeast Ohio, talking about the role of reviving manufacturing in the U.S., a really interesting profile by Brendan Peterson. Encourage you to check that out. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. If you like The Daily Punch, please share, tell your friends about it. It's the best way for folks to find out about us. And you can dive much deeper in all the things we talk about here with our free morning newsletter. You can sign up at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.